views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. To this broadcast of Black Talk Radio News, my name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. It is a Wednesday morning broadcasting here from North Carolina. It is July the 3rd, 2019, uh, day before the 4th of July. Uh, we will get to a story about what Donald Trump is planning for Washington, D.C. as tanks are being stationed in various places on the mall. Um, definitely uh, won't take a look at that. I know it was mentioned to me um, about it uh, by a family member. And like I said, you know, just another waste of money. But we'll take a look at that. So good morning uh, to you. Please continue to support the nonprofit new media organization, Black Talk Media Project. It is the organization that manages Black Talk Radio Network as well as our social media community, btrcommunity.com, where you can uh, get your social media on without all of the pitfalls of stolen identities or your information being sold. You can get a subscription for just $24 a year. That will help fund our media efforts and some of the projects we have coming up. Um, also, just want to uh, remind you that uh, Gabriel and Company Jewelry represents so much more. They have a collection of handcrafted engagement rings, jewelry, wedding rings, and diamond bands for women. Um, if you make a purchase through our links on our website, blacktalkradionetwork.com, 5% of your purchase will go towards funding the Black Talk Media Project. So definitely, uh, if you're getting engaged, if you're looking for some handcrafted jewelry, check out Gabriel and Company. But you got to use the links um, to get to their website from our website. All right, so... Um, what's on tap for today? Today will just be a short broadcast as um, we do, which I'm a part of, our engineer and a co-host of New Abolitionist Radio, which airs on the network at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Um, we focus on 21st century slavery and human trafficking and the fact that the 13th Amendment uh, did not abolish slavery, but set up a new form of slavery through the prisons or through the courts and the prisons. 
All right, so a video has gone viral of a black woman rejecting the services of a Confederate contractor. I don't know if y'all saw that video. It was being circulated on Twitter. I posted it yesterday to uh, BTR, um, yeah, btrcommunity.com, and I'm going to play the audio for you when, when I get to that. Um, but there was a Confederate contractor who pulled up to a black woman's home with an oversized Confederate flag flying off the back of his trailer. And, you know, I tell you, man, I, I don't know what some people are thinking. I, I'm like, did this guy not know he was going to a, a black family or was he uh, intentionally um, trying to, um, you know, let everybody know? that he is a supporter of the Confederacy, um, a, a government that doesn't even exist anymore. But anyway, her response was textbook anti-racism codification. As I've talked about on this network, we want you know, try to get control over the type of content that goes out. Um, definitely want uh, our host to be engaged in anti-racism codification. And I will play that video because this is a text, textbook example of how to deal with racists. Um, so definitely will play that audio. Uh, referencing photos, migrants, and asylum seekers in facilities at the southern border, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren um, sent out a tweet yesterday that human beings were being packed in like animals and that it went against, and I quote, American values. But is it really, though, Senator Warren, is it really against American values to pack human beings into cages and sales and facilities like animals? Because um, I recall that time when Senator Kamala Harris was California's attorney general, and her lawyers argued at the Supreme Court against easing overcrowding. So overcrowding, um, you know, has been an issue in this country that people have been talking about for quite some time. So, uh, I, you know, maybe Elizabeth Warren isn't that up on U.S. history that um, she thinks it's against American values to to subject human beings to inhumane conditions. I mean, it happens every day um, to American citizens. Speaking of Senator Harris, yesterday. You know, I took a look at the ADOS Antonio Moore's claim that Kamala or Kamala, I, I got to remember to pronounce her name correctly, Kamala Harris saying that she lied by omission and, and that she suggested that she led desegregation efforts in Berkeley, California, public schools. Of course, yesterday I, I, I tackled that and showed that that was a false claim on uh, Moore's part. Harris never made that claim, but she did say she was part of the second class of bus students. However, um, you know, after these false claims, because I'm sure it was circulated by more than just Mr. Moore, but um, after those claims kind of went semi-viral, viral enough that it caught the attention of PolitiFact, PolitiFact, that website uh, who does fact-checking on these politicians and what have you. Um, but they examined her actual claim of being in that second class of students that were bused, as she stated, I was bused every day 
in Berkeley, California. And so they examined her actual claim. Again, what Mr. Moore is claiming is a complete fabrication. Um, but we will take take a look at her actual claim or we will relay what political fact um, found about her actual claim. And as I already stated lastly, Trump is planning a really big military show for the 4th of July celebrations in Washington, D.C. Uh, you can find all of these articles linked um, in my thread for today's program in btrcommunity.com. If you're not a member, become a member. If you're getting your social media on, uh, why not get it on with us and the rest of the listeners of Black Talk Radio Network, as well as some of the hosts. All right, so let me get to this this video. By the way, again, I'm, I'm doing a um, short broadcast because of uh, things I need to do in relation um, to some other programming on the network, uh, trying still trying to bring some new programming, a couple of people I need to talk to about that. But uh, let uh, the telephone number, if you have a question or a comment for me, try, try not to wait to the last minute because um, not that I'm trying to hurry up and get off air, but, you know, I just want to um, just make good use of my time uh, because of these other things I have to do. So let me get to this video. So again, let me set it up again for you. So this woman um, or this family, I'm not sure if she's on the porch with her husband or if that's her son, but she's on the porch with a black male. Um, somebody else is actually recording it because those two, the black woman and the black male, were not recording, So, but the recording was being made from behind them. So I, I assume it was another family member who made this recording. So in the video... If you haven't seen it, um, this contractor, this white guy, pulls up, um, pulling a trailer behind his SUV. And off his trailer, he has one of those oversized Confederate flags. I hadn't seen one of those in a while. Um, I remember something was going on. They was having a whole bunch of All Lives Matter rallies or something, something was going on a couple of years ago. And this dirty white truck, because I live in, in in rural America or rural USA, and you know this dirty white truck comes down the road with this big giant Confederate flag um, stapled or tied to this two by four off, hanging off the back of the truck. And I'm like, wow, man, really, really, you just better keep it moving down the road and don't stop. Um, but so it was one of those oversized flags. Uh, you may, you may have seen them. Um, so I'm going to play what she told this guy again. This is textbook codification, textbook, anti-racism codification. Just take a listen to what she said to this to this person. Hi. You know what? I do apologize. I know you've come for a very long way, but we're going to use someone else. She's, a, she's upset with the flag. No, I'm beyond upset with the flag. No, you don't need to take it back. You continue to believe what you need to believe, sir. But no, I cannot pay you for your services. Thank you. Have a good day. And so that's basically the video. It goes on for several more seconds as he gets in his SUV and drives down the road with his oversized Confederate flag. 
And I just thought that was textbook codification. You know, I was reminded about Malcolm X saying that we should be courteous to everyone. Um, we should speak to people in a respectful manner. But if they put their hands on us, you know, we need to send them to the cemetery. Um, but, you know, in terms of also when you look at Mr. Fuller's 10 basic stops that victims of racism should practice in speech and or action, um, some people mistakenly believe that he's just talking about interaction between black people. But no, he's talking about interaction with all people. And, and he talks about no name calling, um, no cursing, um, stop being discourteous, and, and stop squabbling. And, you know, that's just a few of the, of the 10 stops uh, that he recommends that victims of racism should practice in speech and or action. This is called codification. And she was very codified. She didn't come out cussing. Nobody in the house came out cussing and yelling and screaming about, man, what the hell you doing coming up to my house with that flag? Didn't you know I was black? Well, you know, just, just getting really uh, emotional with the guy. She was calm. She was polite. And she told him, thank you, but no thank you. He even offered, I don't know if you could hear, hear the part, but he even offered to take the flag off of his truck, I guess, and, and put it in his SUV uh, out of sight. But she was like, no, no, you go ahead and you believe what you need to believe. If, if, if you believe it's appropriate to, flag, to fly a traitor's flag, um, if you believe it's a, a, appropriate to um, publicly show your support for a vanquished government that was practicing slavery and fought to keep slavery in place and keep Africans in chains. If you think that's appropriate, hey, that, that's how you want to roll, then you can roll like that, but you're going to roll up out of here. Um, you know, so, I mean, she didn't even crack wise with him. She was, cause me, I might've cracked wise with him, but I, you know, um, but anyway, I thought that was textbook codification. And I just wanted to share that with you. Unemotional, logical, and just told to get ultimate black self-respect. I'm not going to pay some suspected racist Confederate supporter any money to work on my home. And that's a wise decision for, for a number of reasons. Uh, if, if this guy is a suspected racist and he's proud of, of the Confederacy and what it stood for, well, what might he mess up in my house? What might he muck up in the house? You know, is he going to do, do a thorough job and, and give me my money's worth? Or is he going to... Um, you know, halfway do the job and perhaps do some other damage and then overcharge me. Uh, I, I'm telling you, man, you have to keep an eye on these suspected races. I know when um, uh, our modular home was being put up after the old homestead, you know, had to be burnt down. That house was that old. It had to be burnt down. And when the modular home was, was being uh, put on site um, and they had to dig a trench um, from the, the new home to our well, because we are on well water, so we had to run an electrical line as well as, you know, a pipe from the well to the house. And so, anyway, my sister had, had went through the backyard in her car, and 
it caused the line to burst. And I'm like, now why would the line burst because of that? And it was mostly all white guys that was working on the house, um, you know, to put the modular home in place and, and do all the work and what have you. So I'm like, well, now why did her driving across the yard, the backyard, cause this to burst? So I had to go start digging up um, where, you know, the water was coming up out the ground. And then I started hitting bricks and all kind of debris, debris. What what these white people had done was the debris that they were supposed to put in a, a trash bin. Because I used to work construction. And, you know, your leftover trash and all of that, they're supposed to put that and carry it off. For whatever reason, probably a racist reason, when they found out that this home was being put up for black people, um, decided to put some of that debris in that trench where the water line goes. And I was like, man, I automatically I was like racist. These are racist. You're not supposed to do that, you know. And and then, you know, look at what it resulted in, a busted line. And then I'm telling y'all, it was hell trying to dig that up. And then you hitting bricks and and siding and all kind of trash. Like, oh, man, I was so angry. I was so angry. So she she was, um, you know, very wise. Very wise here. You know you got a suspected racist white supremacist flying a Confederate flag off his trailer. Not a bumper sticker. Not a window sticker. No, no. Not even one of those little tiny miniature flags that people put on their cars and vehicles for their favorite sports team or what. Not even a little. A oversized Confederate flag. Yeah, that was very wise because it's no telling. Uh, what kind of problems they other problems they would have had uh, if they'd have let him do the job? So good job, ultimate um, example of black self-respect and codification. All right, moving on, moving on, moving on. All right, so uh, let me move to this next story. Elizabeth Warren um, tweeted out some photos from the. Uh, let me see what is it from. It's from the Inspector General, Office of the Inspector General, I guess for Border Patrol or for ICE. I'm, I'm not sure um, exactly, um, but she retweeted something from, um, I guess this is an NBC reporter, Gotti Swartz. And she tweeted out photos of immigrants packed in these facilities and then cages inside the facilities people sitting all on the ground on concrete i mean it, it, it just overcrowded overcrowded so elizabeth warren says sickening human beings are being herded like animals right now in our country this goes against our american values it's cruel and it must end now now i don't disagree that it's cruel and it's inhumane um, that this was exacerbated by the policies of Donald Trump, who stopped allowing these people um, to. And now, of course, you had people who was coming across the border, um, not going through authorized points of entry, not going through the proper procedures to apply for political asylum or whatever, you know, asylum they were seeking. And by him shutting those shutting those down then it just caused them to take alternative means to 
come into the United States. So that just exacerbated the problem. And so that's why you have a lot of overcrowding uh, uh, right now, uh, children being separated. So, yes, I agree, uh, Senator Warren, that it is cruel and inhumane and it must end now. It should have ended yesterday. But on your point about this, about it goes against our American values. Well, that would mean you don't know U.S. history. Because U.S. history is rife with U.S. citizens, authorities, uh, people in government, presidents, military, uh, uh, committing cruel and inhumane acts against non-white people. So, you know, when she says it's against our uh, quote-unquote American values, is it really, though? Is it really, though? You know, it just also reminded me of, of just now, reminded me of somebody had tagged me in a post um, about some news story. I can't recall what it was. And so this other person said that, you know, if not for the Russians, the you know, Americans would be united. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. And this a black person, a black man, saying that those darn Russians, you know, uh, uh, they doing all this fake news and, and then it was Deshaun Farad who had posted the article and Deshaun said, no, this ain't no fake news. I'm a real journalist. I did the research. Um, this story is absolutely true. And then it also had a video of the, uh, uh, of the people about this, this story was about, but I was like, really bro, really to the other guy. I was like, really, do you not know? American history because it seems like you believe before the 2016 elections um, all of the U.S. citizens was just you know uh, um, all about unity and just working together to make this the best country possible and to live up to some kind of principles of freedom, liberty, and justice for all. And I was like, that's just absurd, dude. You know American history. You're not going to tell me you don't know America's racist history. So, you know, uh, um, Elizabeth Warren, she can't tell me, tell me she don't know. She's an educated woman. Um, with the Harvard and a lawyer and, and all that. She she got a big brain on her. I know she knows that it is perfectly in line with quote-unquote American values since the founding of this nation. So, you know, I did tweet at her, and I was like, you know, you just don't know history, but here's a couple of photos of black people being treated like animals um, ever since... 1865 and the ratification of the 13th Amendment. Here, here's some photos right here. Here's a little boy who's tied to a stake in, in the ground like he's some kind of hog or something, you know. And, and then I posted a graph with, with you know, pr prison slavery and how prison slavery aids the um, um, economy of the rural, rural white America and what happened. Elizabeth Warren, this is perfect example of quote-unquote American values. And I was like, I just wish that the same amount of attention, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not one of these people out here saying, I don't care about them immigrants. Uh, what about me? And all that. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm against injustice anywhere. 
that's being perpetrated against anybody because if I don't, then what am I standing for? I'm standing for injustice, you know? Um, so I'm not one of those people. But I would like American, excuse me, U.S. politicians to focus on mass incarceration or I should say overcrowding in U.S. in prisons. You know, um, I, I several times there was a story out of Texas and I remember Beto O'Rourke was going on a tour of one of those facilities and I was like, hey, you in Texas, why don't you go to this facility where this whistleblower um, who's in this, was working for the Texas Department of Corrections in the Juvenile uh, Corrections uh, Department at this detention facility and she came forth after uh, she witnessed uh, you, the children of U.S. citizens being abused. She talked about them being starved, not given three meals a day, only one meal a day, physical abuse from the guards and what have you. And then they even threatened her and told her to keep her mouth shut. Um, but she didn't. And she, uh, uh, with, and I think it was Dallas News, whatever the big station is in Dallas, they also, you know, covered her press conference. And I shared that video uh, several times with several people. And, and I think that was either earlier this year or late last year when that video came out. So, you know, in addition to addressing people like, like Senator Warren, uh, who seems to, um, be feigning ignorance about the so-called values and the inhumane treatment of non-white people um, by the white citizens and the U.S. government. But in addition to that, if you're one of those non-white people on social media giving other non-white people, especially black people, any grief about participating in these protests or or registering um, their disapproval of the mistreatment of human beings, then you know what? Why aren't you part of the new abolitionist movement? Why aren't you tweeting every day about the overcrowded conditions of whatever state you live in, whatever county you live in? You know, are are you protesting at the jails every day? Are you going to the prisons and 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 pointing out and bringing attention to the overcrowding and the inhumane conditions? Oh, you aren't. You're not. But you want to give somebody some grief about uh um uh standing up for the human rights of these migrants, these asylum seekers? Yeah, that don't seem correct to me. If you so concerned about us, then why don't you, why aren't you out there doing stuff for us instead of just rabble rousing on the internet? Okay. So anyway, Elizabeth Warren, this is completely in line with quote unquote American values. And I would also wish that you would focus on overcrowding in prisons period in this country no matter who they are incarcerating now speaking of overcrowding that also reminded me of senator kamala harris's 
history with overcrowding when she was the attorney general. So I, I, you know, just wanted to remind people of that in case you see Kamala Harris out here talking about the inhumane, overcrowded conditions that these migrants are, are, are faced with. Not that it's incorrect for her to point it out, but it's a little hypocritical um, when when you were attorney general of California and your office sought to keep inmates locked up even after being ordered by the courts to let uh, 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 people go, to let them people go because of overcrowding. And the Supreme Court even ruled that this was cruel and inhumane punishment violating the Eighth Amendment. The Eighth Amendment the constant of the constitution. So let me share this article with you. Um, this article was published in February on, in February of 2019, but new abolitionist radio and black talk radio network had, had long been bringing you this story. Um, when she was at the attorney general, we were pointing out these things. So anyway, this is an article from the Washington examiner.com. Uh, lawyers under the oversight of then Attorney General of California, Kamala Harris, argued in 2014 against the release of nonviolent criminals because they wanted to keep them for cheap labor. Do y'all not recall that? Y'all don't recall that? I do. Uh, extending two-for-one credits to all minimum custody inmates at this time would severely impact fire camp participation a dangerous outcome while California is in the middle of a difficult fire season and severe drought. Lawyers from Harris's office wrote in the filing. The attorney general arrived at that stance in reaction to a chain of events following a 2011 Supreme Court decision ruling that California's prison overcrowding was in violation of the Constitution's cruel and unusual punishment clause. In 2014, as overcrowding persisted, a three... So look, the Supreme Court already told them this was unconstitutional in 2011. So fast forward, what, three three years later, and they just ignored it. Overcrowding still persisted. As her uh, attorneys of her office argued, they needed that cheap labor. Um, in 2014, as overcrowding persisted, a three-judge panel in California ordered the state to make eligible for parole nonviolent prisoners with only two felonies that had served half their sentences. Harris lawyers argued early release would harm the prison's labor program, which included its work program to help fight California wildfires. The judges rejected the argument. Now, criticism against Harris resurfaced after her announcement for president last month brought heightened scrutiny. In 2014, Harris told BuzzFeed News she was shocked. I, sh I was shocked, I tell you. I, oh, I was just flabbergasted. I couldn't believe that uh, my lawyers were arguing that in court. Well, it's possible that she didn't know, but it's highly unlikely. Um, if she did not really know, I'm not going to say she's lying because I don't know. But if she didn't know, then that means you was a poor manager of that office that you didn't know what your employees was going 
to argue in a major court case at the Supreme Court level in the federal courts. So that tell me, you you know, if I buy that, you didn't know they was going to argue that, then that tells me that you was a piss poor manager of your office. That's what that tells me. Um, but I think it's likely you did know. You did know they were going to go in court. Uh, I'm, it's likely that as attorney general, you sat down in the strategy meetings or you got memos outlining what their response to the lawsuit was going to be. I don't think these guys or or women, or I, you know, guys is non-gender, um, but I don't think these guys were um, just flying, you know, working off the cuff or just came up with that argument five minutes before they were supposed to go to court. I don't believe you, um, Senator Harris. So Harris's presidential campaign reiterated her claims to the Daily Beast, as she said at the time, Senator Harris was shocked. She was shocked, I tell you, and troubled. Oh, man, this is so troublesome. Yeah, it's troublesome to your campaign. Um, by the use of this argument, she looked into it and directed the department's attorneys not to make that argument again. I mean, I don't even buy that answer. Because the judges had already rejected the argument. So unless they were incompetent attorneys, they certainly wouldn't try to make the argument again. Okay? And then the case was over. So why would you say, uh, don't make this argument again, when the case had already been over in the, in, in the Supreme Court, uh, ruled that y'all was in violation of the Constitution. So we're going to talk about overcrowding. And I'm certainly opposed to the inhumane conditions that these uh, migrants and asylum seekers fleeing destabilization of their regions, largely in part to U.S. domestic policy. Yeah, I'm against the inhumane treatment of those people. But at the same time, I am not going to let anyone um, not bring to uh, our attention that this has been going on for quite some time. I just saw a video the other day about women in prison and that, man, it's more women in prison now than there are men. That, that should tell you something. The incarceration of women have not dropped, even though there have been declines in incarceration of men. There has been no such decline in women going to prison, mostly for nonviolent drug offenses. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring that um, to my listening audience attention. Yes, it's right to focus on the inhumane treatment of these migrants and asylum seekers, but it is wrong to not um, bring to the attention that this has been happening to U.S. citizens um, for decades, for decades. So, let me move on. Um, let me take a short station identification break since I'm going to uh, cut my time this morning uh, since I had to get ready, uh, get some other stuff nailed down for tonight's broadcast of New Abolitionist Radio at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Y'all make sure y'all check it out. I um, do believe we'll have Chad coming on for a special report um, and a special interview uh, segment of a person who is facing a wrongful conviction. So we'll get, I need to get more details on that 
And uh, but make sure y'all check out New Abolitionist Radio, which was started in 2013 to put focus on the 13th Amendment and the fact that slavery was never abolished. And if you are out here advocating for reparations, how can you not um, be pointing to the 13th Amendment and say um, repair starts there by repealing and replacing this amendment in the U.S. Constitution, the supreme law of the land that says involuntary servitude and slavery is permissible if you convict somebody of a crime. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, broadcasting this program Monday through Fridays at 11 a.m. right here on the Black Talk Radio Network. Stay tuned. Talk Media Project would like to invite you to become a member of the BTR Community subscription-based social media platform. BTR Community is a platform that was set up for the listening audience of Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black radio network online. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like-minded people with your privacy guaranteed. Your subscription will go a long way to help us maintain and improve our current media platforms. It will also help provide a budget so that we can begin the task of establishing localized media centers and radio stations across the United States. The best way to show your support and appreciation for what we do here at Black Talk Radio is to subscribe. Help us to help you be informed. Join btrcommunity.com today. Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed. Again, I just want to remind you that you can help 
fund the Black Talk Media Project, a North Carolina-based nonprofit. All donations are tax-deductible. Um, you can sign up for a monthly uh, donation. Yesterday, someone signed up for a $19.99 a month donation. Thank you. You know who you are. I don't like to disclose the donors' names. Um, not that they're uh, doing anything wrong. They're definitely doing something right, but um, you can make a one-time donation or set up a monthly donation via our PayPal buttons, and you don't even have to have PayPal. Uh, also, Gabriel and Company, a jewelry company, will donate 5% of your purchases of handcrafted engagement rings, jewelry, wedding rings, and diamond bands for women. If you go through our special link on Black blacktalkradionetwork.com to reach their website. Um, that way, the 5% of your purchase within 120 days will go to the Black Talk Media Project. Now, yesterday, I, I talked about uh, ADOS uh, Antonio Moore uh, claiming that Kamala Kamala Harris lied by omission of, and suggested that she led desegregation in Berkeley, California public schools. That was, I was like, man, do you really believe, expect people to believe that? But yes, he did. And yes, people uh, <laughs> believed it. And, um, you know, I'm like, she was a child. How can a child be leading desegregation uh, efforts? So anyway, I thought I had posted this. Um, I'm going to have to find it again. But PolitiFact, man, what did I do? I must have deleted it when I was reordering. Um, let me go through this real quick. Uh, when I was reordering my thread. And um, PolitiFact, let me put in Kamala Harris, desegregation, PolitiFact. So this claim with, here it is. Um, this claim, and let me go ahead and, and post it in that thread uh, for those that may come later or, or want the link to the thread. Um, it's in BTR News. Let me go ahead and post it there in case you want to share it with someone else or verify the information for yourself. Um, but because that false claim that more and possibly others put out there, um, it caught the attention of PolitiFact. And I, I told you yesterday, I did a story yesterday, and I was like, she never claimed she was part of the first class to integrate nothing. She never implied she led efforts as a elementary school student in desegregating California. I'm, I'm not angry. I just get annoyed, man, when people purposely put out disinformation. And it just, deception bothers me. It just really, really does. Now, that's one thing. Nobody's perfect. People make mistakes. Everybody don't have the same level of reading comprehension. Everybody don't have the same level of understanding English. So mistakes are going to be made. But when you intentionally seek to misinform people, that just annoys me. I don't get angry. I just get annoyed at that, man. And then I get annoyed at the people who co-sign on the disinformation because they didn't do the research themselves. So anyway, 
PolitiFact just verified what I said yesterday. She never claimed to be part of no first class, first wave, and led nothing. She said she was part of the second class to integrate Berkeley's public schools. Um, this is what PolitiFact had to say. This came out yesterday. California Senator Kamala, is it Kamala? Yeah, Kamala Harris won a broke, breakout moment in last week's Democratic presidential debate when she attacked Joe Biden's record opposing busing to desegregate schools in the 1970s. And um, yeah, she did have a breakout moment. Uh, she raised $2 million uh, off of giving Joe Biden that verbal spanking and what have you. Um, again, I'm still not going to vote for her or Joe Biden in the Democratic primary. Um, I will vote for her if she gets the nomination and runs against Trump. Uh, Biden, if Biden gets the nomination, I'm going third party. Um, but anyway, but her critique of the former vice president also placed a spotlight on her claim that she was part of the second class to integrate her public schools through a busing program in Berkeley. Some on social media, they, they got a link here. Let me open up this link. I didn't look at this link. Um, I think it's linking to Facebook um, because this is where I saw it as well. It was actually shared with me um, by a person uh, who who um, is subscribed to Ados, um, but they're a friend of mine, and you know um, we're respectful towards each other. I ain't got a problem with anybody advocating for reparations. What I do have a problem with is when people. Um, engage in disinformation and act like, you know, um, we have to be at like white people and be against non-white people because these non-white people taking something from us. How can you take something? How can somebody take something from you that you ain't, that ain't yours? It ain't your job to give. Create your own jobs. Again, you know, I know Im immigration uh, can be harmful to to the citizens and, and competing for resources, but perhaps we need to take control over the U.S. government and tell it to stop destabilizing these people's countries and forcing them to come here, you know, because of whatever um, policy. So um, I don't know who this person is. It was posted. Uh, I am not surprised. Um, it was posted to a ADOS group in on Facebook. Okay, so, um, but this ADOS person, I ain't going to call him, in. the brother who shared it with me, um, um, shared a screenshot of what Moore had put out, but Moore was lying. But anyway, it says, but her critique of the former vice president also placed a spotlight on her claim that she was part, quote, part of the second class to integrate her public schools through a busing program. Um, as I stated, some on social media questioned the claim's accuracy. Harris, 54, repeated her statement twice during her exchange with Biden, right after pointing out that he opposed busing. There was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools, and she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. I was part of the second class to integrate Berkeley, California public schools almost two decades after Brown versus the Board of Education. 
I think I might be around the same age as, as her. I was in Detroit. She was in Berkeley. It was in the 1970s, and I was just reading up on the desegregation of Detroit public schools. And um, I don't want to go off, you know, on, on, into a tangent on that, but, it, you know, it just really informed me about what was going on when I was a child being bused um, um, to a white school, predominantly white school. But anyway... She says that Harris referenced the landmark 1954 U.S. Supreme Court ruling that racial segregation in public schools was unconstitutional. Given the attention on this topic, we wanted to know whether Harris' second class to integrate claim was biographical fact or fiction. Our research... To examine Harris's statement, we spoke with officials from Berkeley Unified School District, a historian who studied the city's busing integration program, reviewed news articles in Harris's biography. Here's what we found. Harris was born in Oakland on October the 20th, 1964. Actually, she's older than me. She's two years older than me. Um, two years in a month. Um, she grew up in a black middle-class neighborhood in West Berkeley. Harris was three years, three years old when Berkeley Unified School Board voted in January of 1968 to desegregate the district's elementary schools starting that fall through a unique two-way busing program. Children from the city's more diverse western neighborhoods were bused to elementary schools in Berkeley's Eastern Hills, a more affluent and whiter area. Meanwhile, children from the hills were bused to schools in the more diverse neighborhoods. Um, Natasha Beery, Director of Community Relations at Berkeley Unified School District, told us Harris's claim was absolutely accurate. She said Harris attended Thousand Oaks Elementary School on the city's northeast side. She would be part of that second class that integrated our schools through our two-way busing program, Beery added. It began in 1968, and she joined a group that had started kindergarten the following year in 1969. And so her description is correct. And so, you know, I, I again pointed out, I didn't have all these details yesterday, but I knew what she said. I had a transcript of what she said, and I know what Antonio Moore was saying was incorrect, was a lie, that she didn't claim to lead nothing. She didn't claim to be in that first class, and what difference do it make? Here is a black woman, woman of color, non-white woman, whatever you want to call her, if you don't want to accept that she's black, but who made you the king of blackness? But anyway, here you have this woman attacking a racist. And yes, I, I wholeheartedly believe that Joe Biden is a racist, just more codified than Donald Trump. He absolutely um, should be suspected of practicing racism. And, 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 and so here you have a black woman calling out a white man for his racism and supporting racist policies and working closely with racist senators. And in the background info on that I shared on the podcast last week, he was cuddling up to these racists, these white supremacists, 
because as a, a freshman senator, he wouldn't have had no kind of power. And he was able to get a appointment to a committee chairmanship because of his relationship with these races. And he was like, hey, I'll support y'all on, on uh, preventing desegregation. And what, I'll even, you know, um, um, argue the White Citizen Council argument and what have you. And, and the state's rights argument. So here you have a racist being called out for his racism and you attack the black woman and tell and then put out false information about something she said that she did not say. What is going on here? What is going on? I don't understand the logic in that. There's something underfoot. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But I just know that it seems incorrect for black people to be taking shots at a black woman with false information, disinformation, and focusing on this lie that you made up to tear her down instead of going after the racist Joe Biden. And I said this yesterday, but, you know, I, it, it still annoys me. What's going on here? I can't answer that. Maybe y'all should follow the money. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I I just know it doesn't seem to be along the lines of practicing black self-respect or counter-racism when you are using lies to attack a black woman who attacked a white supremacist. Said nothing about the white supremacist, Joe Biden. You just went all in on this black woman with lies. That's that's just incorrect, man. This is so incorrect. So incorrect. And and I'm trying to stay codified. Um I'm working. I'm still working on myself. Anyway, I'm done with that story. Um when people lie to you, you should ask yourself what else is they lying about. You should also ask yourself, what is their motivation for telling these lies? And what is their motivation when you got two people in a scenario and you choose to attack the black woman and not the white man who was who was the one practicing racism? So, so you know, who's responsible for those mass incarceration bills that were advanced by the Clintons the Clinton administration and the Republican Congress and the Democratic Senate, bipartisan. We're going to lock these Negroes up. You know, that don't seem right to me. Maybe y'all can make sense of it. I cannot. I cannot. Last but not least, as I close out um, the broadcast, um, let me pull up this story about the 4th of July. I tell you, um, three days ago, no, I say 48 hours ago, man, I started hearing a lot of fireworks being shot off um, at night here. I don't know if it was um, a municipality, because there's a little small, a lot of little small towns um, in this area that I live in. You know, I live in an unincorporated area. But I still can hear stuff off in the distance because we don't have all that noise like y'all got in the city. So I can hear stuff that's going on miles away. I can hear trains sometimes coming through the middle of the night. 
Um, but I've been hearing a lot of fireworks, man. These weren't people just shooting their guns up, up in the air. These were fireworks. I don't know if it was individuals who went and spent hundreds or or thousand dollars on some fireworks, but man, I was like, and my brother even he's in um, where's my brother at right now? Or well, my younger brother, I should say. I got um, uh, two older brothers, but my younger brother. As in the no, he's not in Detroit. He's in Ohio, and he had posted um, saying that hey, these people are starting off early with these fireworks up here, and he's in he's in Ohio. So I guess some people just can't wait to shoot off fireworks or or whatever. But anyway, Donald Trump has been receiving criticism um, for his plan to have a military parade complete with tanks and flyovers and whatnot. Uh, come on, USA Today. Uh, y'all need a new webmaster. Y'all need some, uh, because y'all pages be taking forever to load up, man. This is all the time. It always trying to lock me up, man. And, and that's why I try to avoid USA Today. But, you know, this was a pretty decent article. But anyway, um, people been criticizing. Look, this article still won't load. So I'm just go off of memory. Uh, Trump, Trump said, okay, here it go. As they strolled along the National Mall Tuesdays, visitors to the nation's capital were just learning about the grandiose July 4th celebration that will showcase army tanks and military flyovers beyond the usual pageantry. Awesome California school teacher and U.S. Air Force veteran Walter D. Graff, 57, said as he stood near the Washington Monument, let's show America who we are. Let's show the world who we are. A little extreme, said David Haven, 67, a salesperson from Sebastian, Florida, said about the military display. Not so sure about that. Trump has yet to deliver his address near the Lincoln Memorial Thursday, but his salute to America already is eliciting strong opinions over whether a president revered by supporters and reviled by opponents was injecting politics in an event above the partisan fray that enjoys national appeal. The Pentagon and our great military leaders are thrilled to be doing this. Well, like they would tell you if they weren't. You know, like I'm going to tell, I mean, some people might have been bold enough, like my cousin Nikki, um, <laughs> when he went into the Navy and they didn't give him the job in the, in the field that they had promised when they signed him up. And he was like, I'm not going to work. I'm not doing nothing. Y'all broke y'all word to me. No, they they threw my cousin Nikki in the brig for, for a couple of weeks, man. But he was like, I'm not, no, y'all lied. So I'm not, that agreement is null and void. And they let them out too. So there's some people who ain't afraid in the military to speak truth to power. But I doubt if any of these generals or uh, officers would, say, would tell Trump anything different. Oh, you know, they probably stroking his ego. Yeah, this is great. This is great. So anyway, um, Trump says the Pentagon, our great military leaders, are thrilled to be doing this and showing to the American people, among other things, the strongest and most advanced military anywhere in the world, Trump tweeted Tuesday morning. Incredible flyovers and biggest ever fireworks. The event is expected to draw ardent Trump backers, but there will also be protests, including the burning of a flag and the flying of a Trump baby balloon. 
Uh, singer and actress Bette Midler, a fervent anti-Trumper, tweeted that the president is only interested in putting tanks on the mall for his salute to himself. And I'll leave it there. Y'all can um, um, check out the rest of that article if you choose. Um, but here's the thing. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of money. It's probably even going to do damage. Um, you're talking about tanks now. I don't know if these tanks are going to be on the back of trailers and they're just going to, uh, um, you know, use to track the trailer to pull the tanks um, down the street or if they're going to let these tanks roll down the street. But I would be concerned about them tearing up the street. I don't know if they're going to be rolling these tanks across the grass on the National Mall or whatever. But I would be concerned about those tanks tearing up that that stuff. It's just a waste of money. Um, Trump is is always trying to compare himself to other leaders in other countries, Soviet Union, not the Soviet Union, Russia. Uh, Soviet Union was dissolved back in the 80s. But um, Russia, they had these type of military parades. China has them. Um, and so Donald Trump want to be like them and, and, and sh- show off their hardware, okay, and so I just don't see the need in that. Why you want to show people what you got? You know, I can show, I, I can actually show you through actions better than I can just show you because I got a parade. If I was a soldier, I would not want to uh, participate in this. You know, um, I'm sure they're going to have troops on hand standing at parade rest. The longest I ever had to stand at parade rest in full military gear, gear minus the backpack, at least. Thank goodness they didn't make us wear a full backpack, but everything else we had to have. And I was in, involved in a parade for a new general that was taking over Schofield Barracks in Hawaii. Man, we stood out there in that hot sun for at least an hour and a half, an hour, 45 minutes, two hours maybe. Man, people was was falling out and passing out. And uh, man, I, if I was one of them troops, man, I would not want to participate um, in this just so somebody's eco can be stroked. Um, I do not participate in Fourth of July uh, celebrations because I know in this country that's a lie. We do not have freedom, liberty, and justice for all. And uh, I can I can think of better uses of my time, my energy, uh, as well as my money. I'm not going to spend it. On, on no fireworks and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, I do not participate in these. When we finally abolish slavery, um, when we stop uh, being the most incarcerated nation on the face of the planet, then I might consider it. Um, when white supremacy is no longer the the uh, uh, governing ideology of the United States, maybe I might think about celebrating the 4th. Okay, but hey, if you celebrate it, that's that's your right. That's your decision. I'm not going to sit up here and trash you because you don't do what I do or know what I know or practice what I practice. I'm not going to do that. Um, just be safe out there because um, I remember, and I've shared this story. I think I share this story on air every 4th fourth, fourth of July, um, surrounding 4th of July. The last time I was out there, and I wasn't even at no celebration. I was, go- I was on a date with this girl and went to the local bar um, that I had been going to for quite some time. It was It's in Belmont, North Carolina. And in the parking lot, 
them dudes was out there shooting bottle rockets at each other. And, and one of them intentionally tried to shoot me in the face, even though I wasn't even participating. And I was so angry. I started to pull my, my, my weapon out, but I was like, man, he didn't shoot you in the face. So don't shoot him. Um, just get in the car with your young lady and, and, and leave and go, you know, um, spend some time with her. Don't do that. I mean, you know, that's the actual thought that went through my head. So be safe out there. We got a lot of ignorant people out there. They like to shoot fireworks at people. So y'all just be careful out there. All right. You've been listening to BTR News. Please continue to support the nonprofit media efforts of the Black Talk Media Project which manages the Black Talk Radio Network. Please, we cannot continue without your donations. Um, Any of the advertisements that you see on our network, whenever you make a purchase, we get a percentage. That's of all the stuff that I promote, uh, have been promoting, just trying to come up with more creative ways and partnerships that I'm comfortable with in trying to raise revenue for our nonprofit. Again, y'all be safe out there tonight. Don't forget to check out New Abolitionist Radio or any of the other podcasts and programming and blogs that are posted at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Peace and blessing to all.